Today's daf is Kuf Yud Tess. We will be uh, finishing the Masech of Ezra Shem's Baruch, but we are still back on the Mishnah on Kuf Yud Ches Amud Beis, middle of the Amud. Okay, so this Mishnah informs us that there are certain people that you have to be wary of doing business with because we want to make sure that you are not purchasing stolen property. So Zavdei Lugamishna ain't lochin lomina rowin. You're not allowed to purchase from shepherds. Semer is wool. The chalav is milk. The gedoyim or the baby goats, kids, because again they are hired to take care of the sheep, and we're afraid that the uh, shepherd on the side is, uh, is 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 skimming off the the flock and selling it. Goyim or Yehudim? This is okay. Uh, that we're afraid that they're 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 you're, you're dealing with stolen property. and and you also shouldn't uh, purchase from those people who are are, are produce watchmen. You should not eat uh, them. You should not produce, purchase from them wood, payros, and any type of fruit or produce, um, because again the same reason. but you can purchase from women in in Judah, if you're in the area, it's called Judah. The woolen gardens you can you can purchase, because in those places it was custom for women to have their own little uh, businesses, and if we don't assume that they're skimming off their husband's property to sell it, we can assume that it's their own business that they're selling from. And chlei pishton and linen begalil in the galil, agalim and calves in the area that's known as Sharon. In all these cases, even where the assumption was that it's not stolen, but if these women or these uh, purchasers where you're allowed to make the purchase, say, you know what, take it quickly and, and get out of here. Don't let anyone see that we're selling. So that would be a clear indication that it is stolen and it's usur. And uh, anywhere... You're allowed to purchase eggs and chickens. These were considered to be uh, uh, very insignificant items, and a person would not stake their reputation of being caught as a thief to steal, uh, to be selling stolen chicken and eggs. So, therefore, whenever you come across somebody selling chicken and eggs, you do not have to worry that it was stolen. Tanya Rabban, we learned in a brisa. Ain lochim and aron, you're not allowed to purchase from the shepherds. Lo gizim, not goats. Lo gedoyim, and not the kids. Lo gizim, and not the fleece. Lo gluchetzem, and not the tufts of wool. Ava lochim and turin. But if the wool has already been sewn into a garment, you are allowed to purchase because even if it had been stolen, the turning it into a garment would be a significant change. But therefore, that shinoi would make it, it's a shinoi maisa, that the thief then would become the owner of it, and therefore it's not considered as if you're purchasing stolen property. Okay. Because again, if they made that shinoi, then they own it. And you also allowed to purchase chalav milk and cheese, if it is bamidbar. Bamidbar is outside of the city, in the wilderness, on the range that there were certain flocks that were tended to far away from the city. Now, the chances are that these... First of all, the the owner never went out there that much. But, on the other hand, he understood that any milk and cheese 
that's going to be produced by the flocks over there, there's not going to be enough time to bring them back market. and market them. So he's mochel that the shepherds that are tending the flock should keep them. Therefore, if you go out to a flock, we said before you're not supposed to purchase from them milk and cheese, but if it's out on the range, you can assume that the owner is not coming to get them and he was mochel them to the shepherd, so it's permissible. The law by Yeshua, but not, you cannot purchase the cheese and milk if it's in a settled area or it's close to the city, because then he, the expectation is that he wants that milk and cheese and it would be stolen if, if property. You're allowed to purchase from a shepherd four or five sheep at one time, because four or five sheep at one time is noticeable. And there's no way for him to excuse why there would be four or five sheep missing. So the shepherd would not take a chance of selling four or five sheep at one time unless there were he was yeah, he had he had permission, it was his to sell. But therefore you can do it four or five one time. Same thing with four or five fleece, same reason. However, two sheep or two fleece is considered to be a, uh, a small number that will not be noticed by the owner and even if it were to be noticed by the owner the owner could excuse it by saying an animal uh, a wild animal killed or whatever the, the, the two sheep or it was stolen so that he could get away with so that you would not be able to purchase because you'd have to worry that it might be stolen Rabbi Yehuda Omer Rabbi Yehuda makes a distinction we're not clear where he makes a distinction the Gemara is going to elaborate on this buy souls if the sheep are domesticated lochen mehen then you can buy from the shepherds midbarios if they are on the range they are in the wild then ain't lochen then you cannot purchase them we'll clarify in the Gemara Vita what Rabbi Yehuda is saying in his b'risa let's go on Kalashal Dabra the b'risa concludes is that Kol Roa Mocher that anything that the shepherd would be selling, and it would be discernible to the owner that something is missing, and that's the hetzer that you could purchase from them because it's not going to take a chance to sell you something that is going to be nabbed as a, as a ghana, as a gazan. But, uh, if it's too insignificant in terms of the owner discerning that it's missing, then Badavka, then in that case, ain't Lokhemehen, because then you have to concern, then you do have to worry about it stolen. So if he's not gonna dis- if he will discern it, then you have to own to worry it's been stolen. If he is gonna be discerning that it's missing, then it, then it's hard. Now, that's the end of the Bryce. Let's go back to the Bryce. Amar Mar, we learned in the Bryce. Lokhemehen, Arbevachamesh Tzon, Arbevachamesh Gizim. So one who wants to know four or five, once you said you can sell four, why do you have to men- you can buy four, you have to mention five, right? So what is it like as Hashta Yesh Lomar Arbam so then Zavnina that you can buy four, so then Khamishami boy, what's the need to say five? So Amrab Khista Arbamito Khamisha. That's a whole different shot. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean four or five, it means four out of five. Mm-hmm. That means if eighty percent of the product is missing then you can buy it because then the person is going to realize. That's a whole different spin. doesn't mean four or five. It means four out of five. Eighty percent is what you're allowed to purchase at one shot. That's one shot. That's the, uh, that's the, that's one version. Ikeda Amri, there's another version, which again, that goes back to the normal understanding we had before. Amrav Chista Arba Me'eder Kotten V'chamesh Me'eder Godel. If it's a smaller flock, so then you can purchase even four. Because even four in a smaller flock 
will be noticeable. If it's a larger flock, then you can purchase five. Now, it doesn't tell us exactly what's considered to be smaller, what's considered larger, but this is significantly different than 80%. Right? So it's, a, it's a different shot, but it comes out a big halachic difference. All right. Agufakasha, the Bryce itself is, is inconsistent. There's a difficulty within, in, 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 within the Bryce itself. Amar We said the permit is four or five, right? From Shotim, but it's mashma though. That if it would be three, then, then it's Osir. Four or five is allowed. Three would not be. Then what does it say in the Sefer? Emma Sefer. It says Avaloshte. You can't do two, which implies three. You could do Hash Zashalos Avninon. So it's a contradiction. It's in and of itself. The Brisa is inconsistent. Someone says like Kasha. It's the difference is are the sheep are sheep they're they're strong healthy sheep or they're they're they're, they're weak and feeble sheep. If they're strong and healthy, then the owner is more on top of it. So if the owner is more on top, he cares more about each one. So therefore, so four or five would be. I mean, I mean, uh, then then you, then 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 the owner would even notice. If it would be three, so then one or two, you can't do, but three you would be able to do because you'd be more careful. It's a healthy sheep, so you'd notice that three is already missing, so three would be permissible. When it says four or five, you can, but three you can't. That's talking about where it's weaker, not as strong. The sheep aren't as healthy or weak, or that they're weaker, they're more feeble. There is not as mockbit, he's not as careful, he's not as precise as what's going on with his sheep. And therefore, the, the, the thief might think he could get away with selling even three. So that's when three would be prohibited. So the contradiction between the two is not one is talking about a healthy flock, one is talking about a weaker flock. If it is by uh, by domesticated ones, then Lochenman you can purchase from the uh from the shepherd, I guess because it in it's domesticated the owner is much more on top of it. He's around all the time. He'll notice there's something missing. With Barrios, however, if they're on the range and he's not around to notice what's going on, so then ain't Lochemahen, then you cannot purchase from them. Now Iboyla who the Bnei Yeshiva had the following Shiloh. Is in the mission in the Brisa there was a Rasha and a Seifa, and then you had Rabbi Yehuda. So one wants to know Rabbi Yehuda's distinction was it made on the Rasha or was it made on the Seifa? We'll explain it in a moment. Is that Rasha Koi? Is it going on the Ra- is, is, is on the Rasha, and then he'd be going Lachumra? He would actually be adding a stringency. Oh, Dilma Seifa Koi. Oh, he's on the second half of the Brisa. And there'd be Lakula, and they'd be coming up with a leniency. Let's explain it. Aresha koiv lechumra. Is he going on the first part of the brisa, the first halacha, and then he's coming out being a chumra? How's it so? The Amar lochim and arba chamishetzon. That the Tanakama said you're allowed to buy four or five sheep. Now the Tanakama never made a distinction. Are we talking about? Uh, on the range, or we're talking about domestic. He just says four or five are permissible. On that comes, uh, and, and, and on that comes along Rabbi Yehuda. No. That would be true. Bisos, that would be if they're domesticated. Avalbidborios, but if it would be on the range, then even four and five, you would not be allowed to purchase. That would be then Rabbi Yehuda's distinction is actually coming out being a stringency, being more machmer than Tanakama. 
Maybe Rabbi Yehuda is actually making his distinction not on the first ruling, but he's making his distinction on the second ruling of the Brisa and the Kula come being a leniency. Why? Because the second part says that you're not allowed to sell two or three, because two or three will be discernible. Comes along Rabbi Yehuda says, that's only Hanamim Vidbarios, that is only uh, where it's uh, where uh, uh, where where it's um, <coughs> two or three is 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 also on on uh, on on the on the range because since he's not around he won't notice the two or the two missing the two missing aval besos but if you heard somebody if it's at home then you can sell even two. Because since he's around, he's he'll notice it. even the two. And then it comes out that Rabbi Yehuda actually is saying a leniency. Nami Lokan. So therefore, again, Rabbi Yehuda's distinction between that in the range it's prohibited, on the home it's permissible, is it going on the ratio and then it comes out being a chumrah, is it going on the sefer, and then it comes out being a kula. That was the question the Bnei Shiva raised. Toshima, come and listen. This time you learn the Brayz of Yehudaimer. Says Loichin Baisos Mehen. He says you're allowed to buy domesticated sheep. Then Loichin Midbarias, but you can't buy the ones that are outside of the city, the ones on the range. However, in all circumstances, four or five will be permissible. It means four or five is permissible even out. On the uh, on the range, and uh, because you can do it in your home, you can do it out on the range, which implies though that when that that what he's saying is that you could sell four or five in all places. That means there's no distinction by four or five, which implies the distinction that he made was by two. Right? Where the question was, would you he made the distinction by four or five? Make the distinction by two. Clearly, from his bride, by four or five, he's saying no distinction. It's permissible in both places. Therefore, when he made a distinction that it's okay in the home and it's also in the that must be making the distinction by two. Therefore, he's going to Lakula. He must be saying two. When two was prohibited, it was only on the range. But in the home, it's permissible. So therefore, it comes out that the Yehuda is actually more lenient than the Tanakhamvar Mishnah. Shema minah, sevekoi v'lakula. Shema minah, so therefore we have a good proof. We've proven that Rabbi Yehuda is l'kula and he's going on the second halacha. All right. V'loi m'shem repay rose. Someone says, Rav v'zavin shebishta b'arisa. So Rav used to go buy bundles of grapevine twigs from the from a sharecropper. So Amarle Abaya, Rabbi Abaya said, "Aren't you violating the Mishnah? Because we learned in the Mishnah Atanan Lo Yisham Repeiros Lo Yisham Repeiros Eitzim Repeiros that you're not allowed to buy from people that are watchmen." Of produce and uh, you're not allowed to purchase from them either produce or 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 wood, and you just purchase from an artist. An artist is a sharecropper. He works, he tends, but he's also safeguards the pro- product. And he, you, you might be buying stolen property. So why are you allowed to do that? So Amalei says there's a difference. A regular shomer, a person who's being hired, he has no interest in the actual produce itself. He doesn't have a percentage, doesn't have a portion of it. He is just hired to watch. So then there'd be no way of justifying how he can be selling from the product. But an artist who does get a third or half, he gets a percentage of the crop. There's no need to assume that what he is selling is stolen. You can make the assumption that what? That he's selling from his own portion. And that's why it's permissible. That he has no percentage, he has no vested interest in the, in the land itself. 
Aval Oris, but when you come to a Shekra, but the Isle Begave, that he has in it equity, he has in the product itself, uh, an interest, and you can assume that he's selling his own product, you don't have to assume everybody's a Ghana. In this case, you can assume he's selling his own, it's okay. Okay. Tan Rabban, we learned in a bride, so Shem repairs like in Mehem, that you can purchase, uh, uh, from the watchman fruits, if they're out in the open, a guy sets up a stand outside of the field and he's selling publicly, this guy obviously feels he has nothing to be afraid of, so that assumption could be if he's doing it, it must be that he's worked out a deal with the owner, it can't be selling, and otherwise he would not be so brazen to publicly do it. Right? So therefore, about selling name, and they got the baskets in front of them, but Turtani lift name, and they got the scales in front of them. Alright. However, Kulan Hatmin, but if, as soon as you purchase, hey, get out of here, I don't want anyone to see, or he's telling you to hide, so that's a sign that's awesome. That you can't do it. You can buy from the opening, the entrance of the garden. If he says, let's go to the back of the garden, I want to sell you something. So he's selling it to you from the back of the garden. That is an indication that this is not a legit business. Itmar was stated. When can you buy from somebody that is known to be a robber? So Rav Amar Achate Romishalo. As long as the majority of the product, the pro uh, of of the uh, of the items that are in the store or in the house that he's selling from belong to him, then you can go by the majority and assume that what he's selling you okay. is not stolen. Shmuel Amar Afila Miyutshalo. As long as there's even a small percentage of what's there that belongs to him, you can give the guy the benefit of the doubt that what he is selling you is legit. Orilei Rav Yehuda la'ada da'ilo. Rav Yehuda Paskin, he ruled for Ada da'ilo. Ada da'ilo, he was the uh, the shamus of the Chachamim. See, he permitted Kedivra Omer Gafilim Miyotchilo, which is like the uh, like the permission of Shmuel. Yehuda, I learned by both. He first learned by Rav. Rav passed away. He went to learn by Shmuel. See, Paskin Alocha is like Shmuel that you can rely on a miut to assume that the guy is not. It's not something you stole possible. Maman Masr. Let's say you have a person that is known to be a Masr. Multiple times he has uh, divulged to the authorities information that has caused another Jew to lose his money. So what is the status of a Masr? What did the Chachamim give a status of the money that belongs to a Masr? So Ravuna Rav Yehuda, Chad Amar Mutala Abdu Bayad, is that you're allowed to actively destroy it. means everyone agrees you're not required to save his property. But can I go out of the way and destroy his property? So that's a machlokus. So Rav Huna Rav Yehud, Amar one says, you can destroy it by hand. Indirectly you can have it destroyed, but not directly. The one who says you're allowed to destroy it by hand, he says, His money shouldn't be more stringent than his body. You're allowed to push the guy off a cliff. You're allowed to push him into a well. So if you're allowed to push this guy into a pit, and you don't have to have any rachmanus on his body, so Kalvachomer, you don't have to have any rachmanus on his property. You have to check exactly what the status of when does a guy become a muster that you're allowed to actually push him into a hole. Uman Amr Asala Abdo, the opinion is a fascinating shot. That even, even though you're allowed to destroy him, but you should not destroy his money by a dime. Why? Because he might have offspring, children or grandchildren that are, uh, righteous. 
and Xiv Yachin Roshad Vitzadik Yilbash. Hashem sets up the world is that the the wicked amass the wealth and the ones that gain from their efforts are the righteous. So therefore it might be he's a monster and he's gonna get killed, but the money would fall to his children or his grandchildren and by destroying it now you've taken away the plan that Hashem had Hashem's plan was destroy the Rosh and let the Tzadik get it so therefore you should not actively destroy the money okay Ravuna Havale Ahu Ariso Ravuna had a sharecropper Dava Takil Vyav Takil Shakil now the simple way Rashi seems to give two shots him over here the Marsha we're going to say he doesn't like either one but he says is that he would be meticulous in the way he measured he measured before he, when he took the produce and he, uh, for, to give to Ravuna, to give Ravchista, and he also, uh, weighed the produce that he measured for himself. Now, uh, Salke, Ravchista Rav, Rav fired him. And Kare Anamshe, and he applied to him the, the, the Pasuk, himself the Pasuk, but Sofan the Tzadik, Chael Chaita, that, uh, hidden away for the righteous, uh, is the wealth of the sinner. Now, the question of here, obviously it seems to be that the Aris was doing something wrong, and by firing him, he was now getting the wealth from the sinner, that stopping him from getting what it should be, which, which ends up now in the hands of Chista. The question is, what was he doing wrong? So Raji says in the second shot is that a, a sharecropper should only be taking, let's say, a third, and he was taking 50%. So that's what he was doing wrong. Marsha doesn't like it. The first process was even more difficult. Marsha said he had two sets of weights. He was weighing with one set of weights when he gave Rav Chista, and he was weighing with another set of weights when he was taking for himself. Obviously, he was using the, the better deal was ending up on his, and Rav Chista got found out about it and fired him, and that's why he said that, the, 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 that uh, uh, he's now been safe, taking away the wealth from the righteous, uh, from the wicked, and ending up by the righteous. Okay, Vaita. Zog the Gemara, if one quotes the following pasuk, it says, "Ki ma tikvas chanef." What a future! What hope is there for the chanef, for the flatterer? Ki yivtsa when he uh, when he steals. Ki yeishel eloka elo ah should be elo ah nafsho that Hashem will 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 uh, throw away his soul. So what's shot in this pasuk? So Ravuna Rav Chista, we have two interpretations. Chadam Arnavsha the Nigzal. One is going, says, going on the soul of the victim. And at the end of the Bosch, it's going on the soul of the robber. So the one that said is going on the soul of the victim. Which means like this, what hope can there be for the flatterer, for the person that, that, that talks a good game when he steals that Hashem, uh, when he sees that Hashem, uh, will cast away his soul. Which means that the way they're understanding it, when you steal from somebody, when you steal from somebody, it's like you're stealing his soul. So even though you aren't actually stealing his soul, but Hashem will view the actions of the person that robs like, like you've taken away his soul. And therefore the retribution for that will be a very strong retribution. It's as if you did what? 
It's as if you killed someone. But then you read the end of the Pesach, Hashem, Hashem takes away his soul. Hashem looks at it that you've done has caused him to take away the soul of the victim, which therefore you're going to, what, what future do you have? You're going to get wiped out too because that's what you caused the victim to happen to him. So says is going on the soul of the victim because we have another Pesach that is right there, right? I think it's the same same chapter. Cain Orcha is called Batsa. So is the way of anybody who steals as Nefesh Ba'alav Yikach. He takes away the soul of the owner. So you see that the next Pesach is talking about taking away the soul. It's referring to the soul of the victim. That's why the Pesach before we're also determining is the Pesach of the victim. I think it's Mamash the Pesach before. Eov, it's, it's right in it, uh, half days of Gimel. Okay. Man de Amar Nafsha Shal Gazlon, the opinion says, no, that the Pasuk saying is, what future is there for the robber? Because Hashem will cast away his soul, is referring to Hashem will cast away the soul of the thief, Tichsev, because the Pasuk says, also, uh, around that, uh, around that area, it says, Al Zoldal, do not steal from the, um, Where's that Pasuk been brought down here? Altig Zoldal. Where is that Pasuk? Is it also in Eov? Mishle. That's in Mishle. The other Pasuk before, I think, was in Eov, right? Uh, no, they're all, been, they're all in Mishle. No. Kimatik Vaschanav. The Pasuk before, Kimatik Vaschanav is in in Eov. Kenochet Vatsvatsa is Nevesh Baalav Yikach. That is in Mishle. Okay. So Mars is like this. Altig Zoldal. Do not steal from the... The, the impoverished, Kidalo, because he is impoverished, Val Tidake Oni, and do not oppress the poor, Bishaar, uh, at, at, in the gate, at the markets, Ki Hashem Yoriv Rivom, Hashem will fight their fight, the Kava as Kavoyvehem Nafesh, and he will, uh, he will steal the soul of those who steal from the pool. Hashem will take away. So, there, so you see that this passage is referring to Hashem taking away the soul of the robber. Now, Idach Nami, how does each one deal with the other one's Posuk? I, Haksiv Nefesh Baal of Yikach. The Posuk says that Nefesh Baal of Yikach, that this is the ways of the robber. He takes away the soul of the owner. Says Mashma that it's talking about the soul of the victim. So Morris says, no, it's talking about Hashem taking away the soul of the one that's made himself the owner of the stolen property. Nefesh Balav means that he has now made himself the owner, you're the, the new owner of the property. My Balav, Balav Dash to the current owner. The Irach Nami, what about the other opinion? Aksiva Kava Eskeveyem Nafesh. It says Hashem will steal the soul, rob the soul of those who rob the poor. Matam Ka'amar. The Mor says, no, it's, it's, it, that's just the explanation. Matam Kava Eskeveyem. Why will Hashem rob the soul of the thief, of the robbers? Because their actions is the same as robbing the soul of the victim. So that's the shot over there. Mishum de Kavai Nafesh, because they have robbed the soul. So when a person steals from a someone, it's like you're taking a, like, Maman is Mameno, right? That's the Mephorshim, Mameno, from him. It's like, a person feels so attached to his mind, like taking his money, like taking away his soul. 
Like this the next piece of Gemara. Anyone who takes a pruta from his friend, steals a pruta, like he took his soul. That's the way of anybody that steals. You've stolen the soul of the owner. And also the passage says, And they will come and consume your harvest and your bread. And they will consume your sons and your daughters. So not only is stealing considered consuming, taking the soul of the person, but it's like consuming his children as well. On a practical level, if they've taken away your livelihood, then they've taken away your capacity to support your family as well. For Omer, and the third postage it says, Mechamas Bnei Yehuda Hudam Naki Because of the extortion that they did to the children of Yehuda, they shed blood in their land. That postage is talking about Hashem punishing Egypt and Edom for extorting uh, and, and putting undue taxes and stuff on the Jews of Yehuda. He will punish them by spilling their blood. Because, because uh, it's uh, well, in sense, he'll punish them. They'll punish them because what they did is like the spilling of. I'm sorry, like what they did is what is like spilling innocent blood. Bel Shal Bel Beis Adam and the Omer is the the fifth pasuk that says that Shal Bel Beis Adamim Asher Hemis is a Givonim. Now this refers to the case where Shal Melech was was uh, incited by Dagai Domi to wipe out the city of Nova Kohanim. The Nova Kohanim had protected David Amel, uh, so Doeg told him they're all part of this conspiracy against you and you should wipe them all out. And he killed all the Kohanim. And the problem was that these Kohanim was the livelihood of the Givonim because the Givonim used to be their water drawers and their wood choppers. So when Shalom Melech killed, when Shalom Melech killed out the city of the Givonim, then it took away the livelihood uh, of the city of of of, of the Kohanim. It took away the livelihood, of, and it, therefore, you're going to see he never actually killed the Givonim, but it's like he killed the Givonim because he cut off their source of Parnosa. Okay, so let's go through why we need all of these sukkim. He wiped out the Kohanim, and they were the ones who serviced the Kohanim by chopping the wood and drawing their water. Uh, and now they had no okay. they have no way to, to, to support themselves and sustain. Maiva Omer. Why do we need all of these psukim? The first one says that a thief steals the soul of his victim. Why can't we just stop there? Because you might think that, that robbing only stole, steals the soul of the victim. But it doesn't steal the soul of the family, of the sons and daughters. So your next Tashimah. That you have also you've consumed the, the flesh of the sons and daughters. Your theft takes away from the that makes it like you've killed their children as kills your children as well. Now maybe that's where you take without giving any money for it. But someone but someone is an extortionist, meaning he extorts the person but he gives him money, makes him an offer he can't refuse. Maybe that's still not as bad. It's not considered like having stolen his soul or his family's soul. So where you give the money, maybe it's not a problem. Because they also, they came in and they gave money for it, but they took it against the will of the Bnei Yehuda, and the positive considered still as if they spilt their blood. So you see that taking by force, even if you pay, is considered like spilling the blood. Now you might think that's what you actively steal. But if you've caused someone to lose his parnosa, 
and in a direct way you now have affected people that now have lost that livelihood. Maybe it's not as bad as 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 as, as killing. Then the Protoshima Al Shawel Besadamim Allah Share Hey Mrs. Givonim concerning Shaul and uh, on the on and the house of blood for having killed the Givonim. Where do we ever see that Shaul killed the Givonim? There's no place that says Shaul killed the Givonim. So Gemara says no. Shaela Gemara says, because he wiped out the city of Nov, so shall I must speak in Lahem that were being supplied, supported by Maim uh, uh, Umazon, the, the, the food and drink were being brought by the Givonim. So Male Alava Kosov, I'm sorry, that the city of Akanim who used to supply the Givonim, they fed the Givonim water and food for the services that they did. So it's supposed to consider that if Shaul actually killed the Givonim, even though he didn't actually kill the Givonim, he just took away the source of livelihood. Vita. We learned from the Mishnah of Alochim Anoshim that you all ought to purchase in certain areas, certain uh, job, certain uh, uh, businesses were run by the women, so you can purchase from them. You don't have to assume that they are skimming off their husbands. We learned in a bride, you can purchase from women. women woolen garments, and linen garments, But what you can't purchase is wine, oil, and flour, because wine, oil, and flour, they were generally not businesses that were done by the women. These are businesses that were done by the men. So therefore, if the women are trying to sell you this, the assumption needs to be made that what? Okay. And also, you can't purchase anything from slaves or from children without clarifying that it is not stolen. A woman may sell items that are worth four or five dinarim in order to be able to make a head covering for herself. To make a tichel, she can do that. Because the assumption is, if that's why she's doing it, the husband would have given... Consent and it's not considered to be stealing. But in all cases, even where we said that it is permissible, if the reaction of the woman is says, "Get out of here, go hide it away, don't let anyone see," then what? Then it's oser. To accept charity from a woman, you can accept charity if it's a small amount, a meager amount. But if she's writing your check for a hundred thousand dollars, you better make sure that that money. Is is not the husband's? You know, she might be trying to get punish him or whatever it is, take it away. But you can't ex- take it, accept that money without checking out. Now, habadodin, if you have olive pressers, and Rashi learns, and the women are selling oil outside of the olive press. So you're allowed to buy large quantities of olives and large quantity of oil from the women that are doing the press because if the if if, if it's, she's selling at such large quantities, the assumption is that she realizes her husband would be onto her if it was stolen because it's such a large amount. So for sure, under that circumstance, it's not considered stolen. But not olives in small amounts or oil in small amounts because in such a situation there uh, we she could think she's going to get away with it even if it is stolen. 
to be able to get olives was very difficult. And therefore, even a small amount of olives had a lot of value. So, again, because it had such an amount of value, a woman wouldn't be selling the small amount of olives thinking that she would be able to get away with it. So, she is selling it, you can assume that it's okay. Now, so, and they want to give sometimes a man himself doesn't want to go out and sell at the entrance of his house. I'm not sure exactly the embarrassment. I guess to show that you're selling small items outside of your house it indicates that you are impoverished or you need the money. And a person, the man's embarrassed. So you send his wife to do it. And therefore, if the wife is selling small amount of olives outside of the house, you can purchase, you can think that it's, it's, the assumption is that this is a legitimate enterprise. A person embarrassed to sell at the entrance of his house, and he gives it over to his wife and she does the selling. Ravina went to the city of Mechuzo. He, he was a Gabit stalker to collect charity. The women of the city came and handed him gold and threw beef down for him for the tzedakah, gold chains and bracelets. So and he accepted it. So Small items you can accept, but large item and uh, expensive items you cannot. And the gold chains and bracelets would draw, fit into the category of larger items, not insignificant items. So Amr he said, this is a very, very wealthy city. For the inhabitants of Mechuza, gold chains and bracelets are considered to be, that's it, it's, it's, these are considered insignificant items and therefore there's no problem accepting it. Let's go to the next Mishnah. Now this Mishnah deals with a person who brings craftsmen, materials, to do the labor, to do the work. And there's usually cast-offs. There, there are pieces, wood chips, sawdust. There's things that are left over. The question is... Is the owner mochel to allow the, 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 the worker to keep, the craftsman to keep it, right. or do we say that it has to be turned back to the balabayas? So mochin shekovis motzi, the woods, the, the wool, the tufts of wool, that the launderer, when he cleans and he soaks the, in the process of making the wool that comes out, those little pieces, hara'elu shaloh, considered insignificant and we say that the owner is mochel and he can keep them. Hasorek, Sorek is again the teasler, right? It's a guy who is he's got a special bristle comb that he that he teases the wool, makes it fluffy and, but it also pulls out pieces of wool. Sasorek Motsi Vasorek Motsi What comes out there, generally there's a larger amount that comes out in that process that would go back to the Balabais, there's not Moichel on it. Now, when the, uh, when the garments were, 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 were made, and they were sewn together, so they were given over afterwards to the launderer to, to clean and wash them, I guess in part of the process. Now the way it would work is that the person sewing the garments, he would leave strands on the edges of the garment that were, were supposed to be snipped or cut away. The reason he would leave them is that it would stop the garment from becoming unraveled. So before they were cut away, there was this, like these, uh, 
now, when you cut those snips off, the question is, who gets to keep them? Now, the launderer would cut it, because when he laundered the gar- garment, I guess that's something that tightened up the garment. At that point, you could cut them, and, and even the garment cut them away. Who keeps those strings? So, Akovis, uh, the launderer, notal shalosh chutin, up to three strings, he can take out and keep. Yes, Jimmy Kane, if they're more than that, then Harehel shall balabai, so he has to give them back to the owner. Let's say it was a white suit and the threads were black. Now, in such a case, the balabaiis would not want any of the threads to be there because it just doesn't look good. So the, 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 the tailor sewed the edges with black thread and now those, he wants that the, 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 the balabais would rather all of them be gone. So in such a case, even if it's more than three, the launderer can keep the threads. The launderer can take all of the black ones off and keep them. If a tailor left over enough thread, which you can sew with, there's enough there that you can sew a new uh, a, a new job with, so then, uh, or, or, then, or, or in a case, a matlis, or there was a piece of cloth that was left over, shalosh al shalosh, that's a minimum of three fingers by three fingers, which is considered something significant, you can do something with it, so again, if the thread that was left over is enough that you can sew with, or there was a shmata left over, a piece of cloth left over, that's three fingers, three etzbos by three etzbos, the balabais is not mochal on that, and he gets to take him back. A carpenter that the shavings that come up when he uses a tool, there's a tool with a blade, it was called a matzad. So when he uses the matzad, the, 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 the pieces that come off, those shavings are very small, insignificant. He can keep them. But if he uses a hatchet, so then you have gazunta chips that are chipping off. So then in that case, any of those chips that come off, should go to the balabais. It makes sense that the idea over here is we don't want the guy cutting off too much because he thinks he can keep it. So in places where there it lends itself to maybe chopping off more than you should be, we say it belongs to the owner so you don't get any gain by doing that. Now, shell the bunch of Now, im hayah osa etzel balabai etzel. If, uh, I'm sorry, im osa etzel balabais. Let's say you hired, Rashi generally was like a day worker. Uh, usually, uh, by the job, you would give it to the guy's house. When you hired a guy hourly, you bring him to you. But either way, it's loved up, it has to be that breakdown. Then actually, that's the common breakdown. But let's say the guy's working on your premises, not on his own. So you have in the back of your wood shop, woodshed. In those cases, afanasaurus, even, even the sawdust, which is less significant than the shavings or the pieces, but since it's on the premises of the owner, shall balabayas, he keeps uh, he, he keeps all of it. Let's go to the Gemara. Tanner, when we learn the bride, the lochin mochin minachin koves, we can buy the tufts of wood from a koves. Then shalom, because we the, he gets to keep them. Since he gets to keep them, you don't have, you're not you're not buying stolen stuff. Now, the kovas, the laundra, uh, is allowed to remove two of the upper threads. The angel alone is able to keep them. Someone's the going to ask and contradicts our Mishnah, because our Mishnah said three, right? Okay. Now, below Yatil Bo Yosem Mishalosh Chitin, 
Shalos Chubin. And he's not allowed to make more than uh, three uh, stitches for each loop. Now what this means is like this. Is that after you washed the garment, the garment was stretched. Now the way they stretched it is they put it on spikes. Now you didn't want to put the garment through the spike. It would damage the garment. So what they did was they sewed loops into the edges of the garment and then the loops were put around the spikes and it was pulled apart, it was stretched to tighten up the garment. Now the point over there is the area where the loop attached obviously would be pulled out more. No, they put them in the hallway here. Alright. Alright, so what they did was they, the, the, the loops would pull out more. So obviously what you have to do then is you would have to cut the area to be, uh, to be flush. So you didn't want the loops to be made out of too many threads because if you, if you make the loops out of too many threads, the loops are very strong and they would pull much tighter and more of the garment would be stretched and you'd have to cut off more at the end. So the loops that are made should not be made more than three threads to ensure that not that much garment is being pulled when you're stretching. Make sense? Intricate. All right. Yeah. There you go. So that's what it means. There's a picture of it over here. Take a look in the art scroll. When There's a picture. Clips. She clips. What's that? She's clips. I hear, I hear. <laughs> so why is it like this? So therefore, Lo yitol bo yosem don't uh, uh, sew more than three stitches to make these loops. Also, when you teaseled, when you combed the garment, it should not be, uh, you should not do it vertically, El Arco, do it horizontally. Again, it's talking about how much would be lost. There, there's a difference between the warp thread and the woof, the, there's the warp and the woof, I think it's called. Weft, warp and the weft. So, the, the way you teaseled, plucked up the dominant thread in the direction that you were going. So, Without getting into too much, too, too much detail, but if you did it uh, vertically, you'd be losing a lot more fluff coming out than if you did it horizontally. So you have to comb horizontally, not vertically. All right. Now, last thing. Let's see one second. Omashvinu arco, and you should even out the garment along its length of alolurocho, not along its width. Now again, this is not so con- easy to understand, but I think what it's, uh, what, 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 what it's saying is like this, is when they stretched it, so you can stretch it on all four sides, the length and the breadth, so don't do that, because again, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to even it out. So therefore, when you stretch, only stretch on two sides, and it should be the size of the length, not on four sides, including the size of the width, because then you will be unduly having to cut, you'll have duly having to cut the uh, pieces that on the breadth, and there was no need to stretch it out on that side. Okay. That's it. Alright. Uh, and the last piece it's saying is that the amount that you have, that, that, that it becomes incongruent, right, when it pulls out, the amount that should be snipped off is no more than a tefach. Up to a tefach can be snipped off to make it even. Don't snip off more than a tefach. And kept by the... <coughs> and then kept by the... Uh, Laundry. Right. So one says like this. 
Amar Mar Shnechut in the Bryce says that the that the tailor would put two threads that could be pulled out by the launderer and kept. Vanatan Shalas, we said three. Whereas it's like Kash, it's not difficult. Haba Limi, one bride's talking about thick thread. Then thick thread, you can only take two. Haba Katini, the Mishnah's talking about, with thin thread, then you could take up to three. Lo Yisro, Kabeged Leshes, Yavala Orko. Don't comb along the warp, but you should only do it among, along the wet. Means do it horizontal and vertically. We have the opposite, that you should comb along the wet. And you should do it, comb vertically and not horizontally. So when it says, like Kasha, it's not difficult. Haba glima, haba sarbala. A glima, where it's usur to do, uh, to, 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 uh, to teasel the warp. He's talking about a glima. Glima was a, a garment that was worn every day. So a garment that was worn every day, <coughs> for some reason it wasn't as, uh, it wasn't as, uh, uh, I don't know, sturdy. I didn't seem to me it wasn't as sturdy and it was easier to tear. So there you had to dafka do it along the, uh, the weft and not the warp. Sarbala was a, a, it was like, there was like a hush of garment. There was a hush of a coat. And a coat, therefore that needs, there you had to make it look much better. So even though it need more, uh, Effect. I guess this. I don't. I, I don't know that. But I, I guess the difference is like this: a daily one. It's not the, the the appearance is not as important. So therefore, more important is that you do it in a way that it's not going to diminish the thickness of the of the garment. But the one that is worn for special occasions, they were not as worried about its endurance. We're more worried about the way that it looks. So if, even that'll take away more of the wool, but it'll make it look fluffier. So that's the reason you can do it in that way for the for the sarbala. The loop should not be made It should not be made with more than three uh, with, within three uh, stitches. So I'm a Rabbi Yirmiya. How do you how do you determine when you make the loop? How do you determine the the uh, uh, the stitch? Is back and forth one or is back and forth considered to be two? So he says like this: Going, passing it back and bringing it, passing it through and bringing it back. Is that chad? Is that one? Or dilma, amtuye, vatuye, strays, actually considered like two stitches. Take that's unresolved. Mashvinu, la When you cut the length, the cut, cut along the length, but don't cut the, the width. The width, you don't stretch on the width to cut the width. Only cut the important along the length. Vatanya, ibcha, we have brightness is the opposite. What is lakasha? Pabeglima. A cloak, which when you wear the cloak, what is visible is the length. So therefore, since the part that's visible is the length, that's the part that you want to even out. But the, but Habahem Yoni, but the, the Bryce that says you, you even out the width, he's talking about a belt. A belt, the part that's visible are the edge, the edges that stand at the end, that's going to be the, the, that's the part that sticks out. That's the part that has to be evened out, that is the width. Okay. Weiter. You don't take mochin. Uh, you don't buy the, the the shreds of wool, the, the tufts of wool from a uh, from the from the teasler from the comber. because they're not his. In the place where the custom was to let him keep them, 
So then, lochen you can purchase. But in all circumstances, you can buy a pillow that's made out of tufts of wool, the chesed, and you can buy a mattress that are full of tufts and wool. In my time, what's the reason? Because once he's already turned them into those type of items, he's made a significant change. So even if he's a goslin, but shinu is kona, so shinu, he acquired them with shinu. Tan Rabban, we learned in a brisa. Ain lochin you're not allowed to buy from a weaver. Now these are all parts of the weaving process that the these parts, these components were supplied by the owner. So therefore you're not allowed to buy these parts because since they're supplied by the owner, we're afraid that he has been hoarding them and stealing them and he's selling them to you. Now what are the parts? So without getting into too much detail, so lo irin, irin are known as uh, is, is is the stoppers. Those are the little pieces to stop the wool that's round from becoming untangled. Velo uh, punkolin. And you know how to sell the punkolin. Those are known as the bobbins. B-O-B-B-I-N-S. Alright. Uh, that's on... Um, uh, each one of them were made of a different color thread and were passed through selected parts of the warp depending on the design. Okay. Velo shiure pekios. Nor the leftover spools of thread. You cannot purchase from them. But you can buy from them garments, even if the garments are made up of multicolors. Multicolors implies that he took the leftovers and he made it with it. So he made it with stuff that he should have given back to the owner. Alright? So you're allowed to, and you're allowed to purchase from them an Erev Shesi and also the, if they, they spun the thread or warp thread and it's made out of multicolors, it's clear he used the threads that he was given. So you're allowed to buy either the garment or even the thread itself that's been made. He spun the thread, made into thread. You're allowed to purchase it from him even though it's clear. Why? Because it's considered a significant Shinui once he's turned it either into a garment or turned it into thread. Now the Gemara's question is going to be if even the thread is considered to be a shinui, then for sure the garment. So why do you have to tell me he can purchase the garment? You tell me he can purchase the two different types of thread. The warp or the weft thread he can purchase. For sure he can purchase the garment. So Amr, then Yeshiva is a hashta tavli shakli. If you can buy the warp and the weft thread, sa'arug membaya, what do you have to tell me that the woven garment can be purchased? So my arig, what does it mean, the cloth? It, the, it means tike. It means where it wasn't done through weaving, it was done through pressing. Sometimes they could take a cloth and they press down the cloth and they make a garment out of it. Now that wasn't woven. So the cheddar is that either the thread, which they had to spin it to make the thread, that's a shinui, or even if they didn't make it out of thread, they just took the cloth and flattened it and, 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 and flattened it down and pressed it, that's also considered to be enough of a shinui, even though it's not made out of thread. Viter. You're not allowed to purchase from a dyer. These are swatches. They're pieces of wool that they used for testing. Again, but the wool came from the owner. But nevertheless, you say, therefore, you're not allowed to buy those pieces of wool because they really are owned by the owner. Below dugmos, dugmos are samples. And when you would show your samples, then they would, uh, they would have the different colors. But again, it was wool that was taken by from the owner. You can't purchase them. Not tufts of wool. But you're allowed to purchase from him dyed garments or spun threads or garments that were made from samples. You're allowed to purchase from them. Again, because it's been a shinoi. So Mora wants to know, but if you can purchase the whole garment, 
Oh, it says you can purchase the whole garment. You can purchase the thread that he turned the wool into thread. Then obviously you can purchase the whole garment. Same concept. So it says you can buy the thread. So the God in Why do you have to tell me you can buy the whole garment? Again, the Gemara says the garment over here wasn't made through sewing it. It was my God in Namti made through pressing. And the Chiddush is that that is considered enough of a Shinoi. Tana Rabbanon. Hanosin Oris Abdon. If a person gives wool or gives, uh, gives uh, uh, a hide to a tanner, the uh, the trimmings and the torn off wool, the, the hair that's torn off, has to go back to the owner. But the pieces that come out, the wool that comes off after he dunks it, when he washes it off in the water, that's insignificant. And the owner's mochel and belongs to the tanner. Now, the, bra- the Mishnah said, if there were uh, black threads, even if there's more than three, he's able to take them off and keep them. Amr of Yehuda, Katsra Shemei, the Aramaic name that was given for a launder was a, ka- a Katsara. Why was he called a Katsara? Because Katsara Shakile, the, uh, and, and the, uh, he's called a Katsara, and he also gets to keep the, the, the threads that are taken off. The reason he's called a Katsara because he shortens the, uh, the garment. Amr of Yehuda, Hakol Olin Leminyan Tchelis. He says that when you measure out a garment to determine that the tzitzis, there used to be, the tzitzis had to be a distance away from the beged, and it can't be too far away from the beged. So these threads, if they had not been removed, you would include them in when you're measuring the distance that the tzitzis had to be away. If you didn't remove them, if you remove them, then you obviously go to the edge of where the garment was. But, if they had not been yet removed, then you have to measure away from the edge of these threads that are sticking out. Now, the Yitzchak Berim, my son Yitzchak copied Alayu. He was very mocked that if the launderer hadn't removed them, in order to avoid complications, he would remove these threads himself. When a tailor left over, if he left over enough uh, thread that you could sew with, so then that, uh, that was something that the owner would take back. Kamalit for how much is considered to be enough to sew with? So Amar Rav Asi Melo Machat V'Chutz Lamachan. It has to be at least the length of one needle, and it has to be beyond the length of a needle plus beyond. So what does that mean? The body of Neishim wanted to know. Malim Machat V'Chutz Lamachan Kamalim Machat. Does he mean length of one needle plus one needle? So needle and past the needle another needle. So actually the length of two needles. Is that what he means? Does he mean length of a needle and you have to be able to negotiate the needle as well when you've got a thread attached to it. So it's the length of a needle plus a little bit but it doesn't have to be all the way plus another needle. So Toshima come and listen to Samuel and the sachut. If a tailor left over the thread now, pachos mikhdeilit for bo. If there's not enough to sew with, uh, or, or he left over a matlis, a garment, she pchuzva misholosh al sholosh, a shmata that was less than three etzbos by three etzbos, bezman shabalas bayit matvidalem. Now, if the balabayit has expressed that he is particular, that he wants them back, so then harel shabalabayit, then he should get him, get him back. But anabayit matvidalem, but if he doesn't say anything about it, he doesn't show this particular about it, so in such a case, not considered significant, that harel shalom, he gets to take them back. Uh, I'm sorry, they belong to the uh, tailor. Now, e amart. Now, bishloma moy machad v'chutz lemachad gemal lemachad. Now, if you tell me it's two needle lengths, so then pachas mikan chazi l'sichto. So now, uh, even if it, it, it's like this, it's saying is that it, that that if it was, what did the brides say? That it was less than the required shear 
So if the Bala Bai says, no, I still want it, you've got to give it back to him. If not, you can let the Bala. Now, if, what is the required shear? Now, Bishlam, the required shear is two full needles. Less than that would be anything less than two full. I understand why the Bala Bais might want it back, because it still could be used to make a loop. But if you told me the required amount is a needle amount plus a little bit, and it's less than that amount, which means just a needle amount, you can't even make a loop out of it. Why would the Bala Bais want it back? It's like this. So therefore, so if you tell me, even it's less than it's the full shear, it's so you can make a loop with it. But if you're telling me that itself the shear is just a little bit more than one needle. So it's less than that, you have just one needle, so what could you use it for? No, obviously it must be that when we said it meant a more than a machat. It's two full machats, Kamala machat. That's what it means. Shmami, not good proof. Masha Kharash, it says what the carpenter removes. So if he uses a, uh, a, 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 the, the, the guard, matzad. If he used a matzad, so like a certain type of plane, then it keeps it. But if he used a kashil, that, which is a, uh, a hatchet, so then it's two bits of the pieces, then he's got to give it back. Sigmar says like this, for I mean, I'm going to ask you a contradiction. The Brises says, Masha Kharash Motsi, Bimatsad, that anything that he takes, uh, that he, uh, the shavings that come off with using the Matsad, with this, uh, this tool, this blade, Banifsak, anything that is chopped off, the Magira, that gets chopped off with a saw, says, Harei Balabais, belongs to Balabais. And that which comes out when you drill, the sawdust, that comes out when you drill, the mitachas rehitni, or that comes off the shavings of a plane, very fine. Vanigram vegira, anything that is sawed off, not breaks off, but is sawed off by the saw, harayoshula belong to the carpenter. But the kasha is that in our Mishnah it said the ma'atsad is kept by the, by the carpenter, and here it says the ma'atsad is by the owner. So I'm a rob, rob is not a kasha. The answer the tanadi done, where our tana lived, in our Mishnah, there were two types of tools that were used for chopping. The Rabasi, the larger one, uh, it was Karile Kashil, was called an axe, a hatchet. Ulazutarti, and the smaller one, Karile Ma'atsad, was called a Ma'atsad. So therefore, if you use the smaller one, which is the Ma'atsad, in our time of our Mishnah, the shavings are small, and therefore they can be kept by the carpenter. But as the Tana the Tana of the Brisa lived in a place, that chad hudeika was only one tool for chopping, alright, and therefore, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, one, and, 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 it was the law, it was the bigger one. And karile matzad, so when they referred to a matzad, they didn't refer to the smaller one that we use, they refer to the larger one, the one we call the kashil. And that's why the pieces that come off from that, according to Bryce, is like our Mishnah, like when we're coming off with the kashil, which is taka belongs to the owner and not to the part. Okay. More quotes the last part of the Mishnah. The Imhaya Osa Etzel, if he's working in the owner's premises, it's different than he's working in his own premises. Tanrabon, we learned in Abraisa, Mesata Se Avonim, 
people that chisel stones, means they take raw, the raw product and they shape it that they can be used for building materials. So the pieces that fall off, those pieces that come off, the, uh, the chiseler, the person that is uh, the worker is allowed to keep those pieces and it's not considered to be theft for him to keep them. Mephazke, Ilona, is those who prune trees. Mephazke, Kofani, those who prune grapevines. Mephazke, Higi, those who prune thorn bushes. Mephazke, Zroyim, those who weed, take out weeds from the, among the grains. Those who prune vegetables. If the owner has stated that he is makbid, he's particular, he wants the um, items that are being pruned for himself, then the, uh, the worker is not allowed to keep it. But if he has not expressed that he is makbid, that he wants them, the worker is allowed to keep them. Amr of Yehuda. Hops and green grain, there is no din gezel on it. What it seems to be saying is that uh, these are items that grow very quickly on their own. And if they're, the, the more that they are uh, grazed by animals, the better they grow back. So generally people were not makbid to let other people bring their animals in to eat these, to graze in these areas because it would grow back and grow back even thicker and lusher. So therefore there's no real gezel on a person bringing his animal into someone else's field if the field contains either uh, hops or green grains. Amr of Yehuda, Ravina, but it depends because Masmechasia, a city like Masmechasia is answered the Kaptihu. People are Makbi. They had a lot of their own livestock and they needed those areas for their own animals to graze. They didn't want anyone else bringing their own animal in. And therefore, in such places, it would be gezel to bring your own animal into those places. We will be beginning tomorrow with the new Masechta, Baba Metzia Beis Amud Aleph. Gentlemen, have a good day.